0: You're listening to Business English Pod, the business English podcast for professionals on the move.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Business English Pod. My name's Edwin, and I'll be your host for today's lesson on English idioms for describing relationships. Before we get started, a quick reminder that this lesson, along with hundreds of others, is available as a free download from the BEP website. Premium members can also access a PDF transcript and online quizzes for every lesson. If you'd like to take a free trial to preview some of these extra resources, just head over to www.businessenglishpod.com. We all spend a lot of time every week at work. So much, in fact, that sometimes it feels like our colleagues are a kind of family And just like families, workplace relationships can be a source of both satisfaction and stress. Sometimes we support each other, while at other times we argue bitterly. And sometimes our disagreements are constructive, while at other times they can generate conflict. In any case, whether they're positive or negative, workplace relationships are a constant source of fascination. And English has many idioms and expressions to describe how people get along or don't get along. These idioms will help you discuss the often complicated relationships in your workplace. In the dialogue, we'll rejoin three colleagues at an insurance company. They've been talking about the relationships between the people on a new team. In their discussion, they use many English idioms to describe how people get along, both past and present. As you listen to the dialogue, try to answer the following questions. One. How was the relationship between Dave and Diego? Two, what happened when Ivan and Dave were asked to open a new office together? Three, what does Mark say about his relationship with Chuck?
2: Yeah, well anyone who's been around for more than a couple of years will remember what happened with Diego. Oh yeah? do tell well diego was this finance guy a real charmer looked the part too we got off on the wrong foot but it seemed like everyone else loved the guy
3: all oh, right i'd almost forgotten about that he and dave went way back i think they were at ohio state together or something two peas in a pod
2: exactly
3: And he basically rode Dave's coattails to the top floor.
2: Here's the thing, though. Becky hated Diego. And she fought with Dave about it all the time. Until everything came crashing down. Which I take partial credit for, by the way. It was kind of fun showing everyone what a phony he was.
4: Okay, but you and Dave seemed to get along fine.
2: Yeah, now we do. But after the mess with Diego, we were at loggerheads for a while. Wasn't until they put us together to open the Pittsburgh office that he extended an olive branch. It's all good now, though. I'm able to forgive and forget.
3: Why are you looking at me?
2: Oh, I don't know. Maybe because it's time you buried the hatchet with Becky. She's pretty damn smart, you know. And she's done a lot for this company.
3: Yeah, well, maybe now she's on this new... adventure. She won't be putting the screws on me every day. Who knows?
4: Yikes. So then... I don't know if I should even ask this, but what about Chuck? I mean, I feel like he's a nice guy. We speak the same language,
2: but does he get along with others? He does, actually. Like you said, he and Dave don't always agree... But Dave respects him, in part because Chuck's not afraid to call Dave's bluff when he starts pushing his weight around.
3: That's true. And I imagine that's one reason they chose him for that team. I mean, he's good at building bridges, and he can manage up, which is what Dave needs sometimes.
4: It sure sounds like it. And I gotta say, I'm quite relieved they didn't pick me.
1: Now let's go through the dialogue again and look at the idioms the three colleagues used to discuss the new product team. We rejoin the conversation as they are discussing a former colleague.
2: Yeah, well, anyone who's been around for more than a couple of years will remember what happened with Diego. Oh, yeah? Do tell. Well, Diego was this finance guy. A real charmer. Look the part, too. We got off on the wrong foot, but it seemed like everyone else loved the guy.
1: Ivan's keen to discuss some workplace drama from the past. His story is about a previous employee named Diego. Unlike everyone else, and despite his good looks and personality, Ivan got off on the wrong foot with Diego. This has nothing to do with feet, but the word wrong might give you a hint to this idiom's meaning. If you get off on the wrong foot with someone, you have a bad start to the relationship. Maybe you disagree with someone the first time you meet them, or maybe they say something to annoy you. There could be a variety of reasons for getting off on the wrong foot. To make sure we get off on the right foot, let's practice a few more ways of using this idiom.
3: Timothy and I got off on the wrong foot, but we understand each other now.
0: I feel this project got off on the wrong foot, so let's figure out how to fix it.
1: Brooke remembers Diego as well, and she comments on his relationship with the manager of the new team.
3: All right, I'd almost forgotten about that. He and Dave went way back. I think they were at Ohio State together or something. Two peas in a pod.
1: Clearly, Diego and Dave had a good relationship. Brooke mentions that they were at university together, which means they go way back. In this case, we're talking about going back in time. If you have known someone a long time, you can say that you go way back with them. It doesn't have to be from childhood or university, just any long relationship. How else can we use this idiom to go way back? Let's try a short dialogue. I hear that you and Brian go way back.
3: Yeah, we roomed together in college, then both got jobs at HP.
1: Besides saying that Diego and Dave go way back, Brooke also describes them as two peas in a pod. Peas are a type of vegetable. They're small, green, and round, and they grow in a case called a pod. If you open a pea pod, you'll find several peas all of which are about the same size and appearance. This should help you understand that calling two people two peas in a pod is a way of saying they are very similar. But it's not just appearance. It also applies to two people thinking or behaving in the same way. So we now know that Dave and Diego were friends from a long time ago, and they were very similar. Let's try some more ways of using this idiom, two peas in a pod.
5: Diane and Mary are like two peas in a pod. They've been friends since day one.
4: I'm 100% sure Finn will support Sam's proposal.
1: They're two peas in a pod. Now let's get back to the conversation as Brooke explains more about the relationship between Diego and Dave. Exactly
3: and he basically rode Dave's coattails to the top floor.
1: The top floor, in this case, refers to where the offices of senior executives or upper management are located. Diego got to the top floor, but not on his own. According to Brooke, he had help. In fact, Diego didn't have to do much besides develop a good relationship with Dave, who was very successful. That's what it means to ride someone's coattails. Imagine your coat is so long it drags on the ground. Now imagine that someone sits on your long coat instead of walking, and you have to drag the person along. They don't do any work. They just benefit from your hard work. What are some other ways we can use this expression to ride someone's coattails? Let's run through some more examples.
2: Harry didn't really do much on the project.
0: He just rode Susan's coattails.
5: Instead of riding your father's coattails, why don't you start your own business?
1: So, we know that Dave and Diego had a good relationship. But now we'll find out how Becky fits into the story. In our last lesson, we learned how Becky and Dave get along very well but they didn't used to. Let's listen.
2: Here's the thing, though. Becky hated Diego, and she fought with Dave about it all the time, until everything came crashing down, which I take partial credit for, by the way. It was kind of fun showing everyone what a phony he was.
1: Now we understand that Becky and Dave didn't get along because she hated Diego. And Ivan is very happy to report that he helped everyone realize what a phony or fake and lazy person Diego was. But Mark is a bit surprised, because Ivan and Dave now get along well. Let's listen.
4: Okay, but you and Dave seem to get along fine.
2: Yeah, now we do. But after the mess with Diego, we were at loggerheads
1: for a while. Well Ivan and Dave get along well now. They used to be at loggerheads. Loggerhead has had a few meanings through history, but it helps if you think about its meaning as a long metal tool. What could it mean if two people are standing facing each other with long metal tools in their hands? Well, it could mean they're about to fight. Indeed, this idiom means that two people disagree very strongly. Let's practice some more ways of using this idiom at loggerheads.
3: Ian and I usually agree, but we're really at loggerheads about this proposal.
0: Despite attempts to mediate, management and unions are still at loggerheads.
1: Clearly, Ivan and Dave used to have a poor relationship. So how did things change? Wasn't until they put
2: us together to open the Pittsburgh office that he extended an olive branch. It's all good now, though. I'm able to forgive and forget.
1: When Ivan and Dave had to do some important work together, Dave finally extended an olive branch. An olive branch is a symbol of peace, and if you extend one or hold one out to someone, then you're asking to make peace or end an argument. We can assume that Dave didn't want to try working together with Ivan when they were at loggerheads, so he extended an olive branch to bring peace to their work relationship. Let's try a short dialogue to practice this idiom. Are you and Sarah still fighting?
3: Not really. She finally extended an olive branch last week.
1: Now let's hear how Brooke reacts to Ivan's mention of making peace.
3: Why are you looking at me?
2: Oh, I don't know. Maybe because it's time you buried the hatchet with Becky. She's pretty damn smart, you know. And she's done a lot for this company.
1: If you tuned into our last lesson, you might remember that Brooke really doesn't like Becky. And Ivan is giving her some reasons why she should try to get over their past conflicts and become friendly again. That's what bury the hatchet means. A hatchet is a small axe, which could be used as a weapon. So you bury the hatchet with someone, you forgive them and try to move on without anger. Let's try some more ways of using to bury the hatchet.
5: Listen, Quinn, why don't we bury the hatchet and forget about that argument?
4: Jenny was really angry with me for a long time, but she
0: finally buried the hatchet.
1: Is Brooke open to the idea of improving her relationship with Becky?
3: Yeah, well, maybe now she's on this new adventure. She won't be putting the screws on me every day. Who knows?
1: Brooke isn't totally convinced that her and Becky will get along, but she's open to the possibility, especially now that Becky is on a different work team and won't be putting the screws on Brooke every day. If you've ever had a boss who puts a lot of pressure on you, then you know what it's like to have someone put the screws on you, and it can be hard to get along with this constant pressure. Let's practice some more examples of this idiom to put the screws on someone.
2: My boss is really putting the screws on me to get this finished.
5: If Marty hasn't sent me the file by tomorrow, I'll have to put the screws on him.
1: It sounds like there's a lot of difficult relationships in the office. And as a new person, Mark sounds a bit worried. Let's listen.
4: Yikes. So then, I don't know if I should even ask this, but what about Chuck? I mean, I feel like he's a nice guy. We speak the same language, but does he get along with others?
1: Chuck is a person that was chosen for the team instead of Mark. With all the conversation about problematic relationships, Mark starts to worry. He now wonders if Chuck gets along with others, even though they speak the same language, as he says. They both speak English, of course. The literal meaning of speaking the same language is easy. But as an idiom, it's about more than language. It's about thinking in similar ways or having the same attitude. Two people who speak the same language can understand each other easily. Let's run through some more examples of this idiom.
3: We want everyone on the marketing team to speak the same language.
0: Anne and I used to get along, but we just don't speak the same language anymore. So does Chuck get along with others?
2: He does, actually. Like you said, he and Dave don't always agree, but Dave respects him, in part because Chuck's not afraid to call Dave's bluff when he starts pushing his weight around.
1: It sounds like Chuck is well respected, even by Dave, who doesn't get along with everyone. One reason is that Chuck is willing to call Dave's bluff when Dave tries to control things. What does it mean to call someone's bluff? If you've ever played poker, you know that part of the game is sometimes pretending that you have good cards. That's a bluff. In fact, anytime we pretend to be stronger than we are, or say we'll do things we won't really do, we are bluffing. And if you recognize this and challenge the person, then you are calling their bluff. In other words, Chuck doesn't let himself be controlled or pushed around by Dave. Let's try a short dialogue to practice this idiom, to call someone's bluff. Nigel says he might leave the team
4: if we don't accept his design.
3: Let's call his bluff. His design really isn't the best.
1: Next, we can hear that Brooke agrees that Chuck is good at dealing with people. Let's listen.
3: That's true. And I imagine that's one reason they chose him for that team. I mean, he's good at building bridges, and he can manage up, which is what Dave needs sometimes.
1: Brooke mentions two things that Chuck does well. The second is managing up, which is when you adapt your work style to your boss's work style, or you somehow help them become a better manager. And the first is that Chuck is good at building bridges. No, Chuck is not a civil engineer. Building bridges is how we describe helping people or groups get along or work together better. If two people dislike each other, then they are disconnected. But if you build a bridge, you create ways for them to communicate and cooperate. Let's try a couple more examples of this idiom – to build bridges.
5: My aim as manager is to build bridges between the office and warehouse staff.
4: Jasmine is really good at mediating and building bridges
1: Remember at the very start of the conversation in the last lesson, we learned that Mark applied to be on the new work team Now at the end of the conversation, how does he feel about it? It sure
4: sounds like it and I gotta say I'm quite relieved they didn't pick me
1: After hearing about how complex and difficult the relationships on the new team are, Mark is actually quite happy he wasn't chosen. And after all we've learned of Dave and Diego, I'm sure anybody would. Now let's practice some of the idioms from this lesson. In a moment, you'll hear a series of sentences. Each sentence will be followed by a beep. After the beep, you need to restate or rephrase a sentence using one of the idioms we learned today. When you listen to the sentence, think about which idea can be replaced by one of the idioms. For example, if you hear
3: Ali and I really seem to have the same attitudes. You can say Ali and I really seem to speak the same language.
1: After each response will provide the correct answer. Ready? Let's give it a go.
0: If Ron doesn't hurry up with that report, I'll have to put pressure on him. Answer. If Ron doesn't hurry up with that report, I'll have to put the screws on him.
5: Instead of being angry at Kevin, why don't you just forgive him? Answer. Instead of being angry at Kevin, why don't you just bury the hatchet?
0: It's easy to see that Sam and Val have known each other a long time. Answer. It's easy to see that Sam and Val go way back. Listen,
3: Haley. I'd just like to say sorry if we started our relationship poorly. Answer. Listen, Haley. I'd just like to say sorry if we got off on the wrong foot.
2: Even after a long meeting, we're still in strong disagreement about the contract.
0: Answer. Even after a long meeting, we're still at loggerheads about the contract.
1: We've reached the end of this lesson the second in our two-part series on idioms we use to describe relationships. For more practice, premium members can access the online quizzes and study notes for this and other episodes on the BEP website. Not a member yet? Then just head over to www.businessenglishpod.com and sign up for a free trial to preview some of the extra resources available to members. Thanks for listening and see you again soon.